Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Jesus, man, messenger, messiah. This book is written by Abu Zakaria and published by Ira. I-E-R-A Conveying the call Preface Some of my fondest memories growing up as a child were religious festivals Religious celebrations with their feast and presents are a magical time for children and the annual calendar in my household had more than its fair share. Whilst I was raised as a Muslim, half of my family is Christian, so not only did we have the two festivals of Eid, the main celebrations on the Islamic calendar, but we also had two Christmases as well, 25th December, 25th December as celebrated by the majority of Christians around the world, along with celebration on 7th January because of my Eastern Orthodox grandmother. Whilst my body was well-nourished, I still thirsted for an intellectual grasp of religion. Even with the little knowledge I possessed, I was struck by the similarities between both faiths. Both religions revere the one true God and acknowledge the representatives of God such as Abraham, Moses and Jesus May God's peace be upon them all, as well as the Day of Judgment. Although they are very similar, in some ways they are also very different. It is a paradox that will be explored in this book. It is a paradox. It is a paradox that will be explored in this book and continues to intrigue me to this very day. My exposure to Christianity only developed beyond celebratory rituals when I started university. Many of my close friends were devout Christians, so for the first time in my life, I had an intellectual exposure to the religion. I have fond memories of the many discussions we had about our respective faiths, At that particular point in my life, I possessed only rudimentary knowledge about both faiths, about both faiths. So my interaction with my Christian friends was based on a zealous defense of Islam rather than sincere discourse. After leaving university, my attitude matured from a knee-jerk, you are wrong, to a more introspective, am I right? I began to properly 
I began to properly research Islam not because I doubted it, for I had believed it, for I had believed it was the truth from a young age, but rather because I wanted to have a religious conviction based on sound knowledge rather than blind following. <coughs> After <coughs> After I started to develop myself Islamically, I also began to study Christianity in a deeper way. As my knowledge about both religions grew, I had a desire to become involved in interfaith dialogue and share my faith with people of other religions. It is in the spirit of sharing knowledge that I have written this book. More than 10 years in the making, it will explain how Muslims view the key doctrines of Christianity, such as the Trinity and death and resurrection of Jesus in the light of the Quran. My hope is that this book will remove a lot of the misconceptions that exist on both sides. I hope, I hope that it will enable Muslims to better understand Christianity as well as help Christians to better understand Islam. If the reader happens to be neither Muslim nor Christian and is researching both religions, then I hope this book will help you on your journey of seeking the truth. Abu Zakaria. Preliminary Notes In the Islamic tradition, when the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is mentioned by name or title the the honorific phrase the honorific phrase sallallahu alayhi wasallam is used it is a sign of love and respect the phrase denotes may god's peace and blessings be upon him <clears throat> this phrase is used throughout this book The word God is used throughout this book. However, in the Islamic tradition, the name of God or the true name of God is Allah. Allah. <coughs> Arabic linguists suggest that the name Allah comes from the word Al-Ilah, which means the deity. The name Allah has no plural and is genderless. <coughs> In this book, the contents will cover the introduction, chapter 1, the concept of God in Christianity. It will include the doctrine of the Trinity, the different views of Jesus in the early church, how the Trinity becomes orthodoxy, is the Trinity biblical, Jesus preached pure monotheism, reconciling the Trinity with reason, the influence of paganism on the Trinity, the state of the Trinity today. Chapter 2, the concept of God in Islam, Jesus, man, messenger and messiah. Beliefs should stem from revelation, not speculation. There is no conflict between Islam and reason. How Islam eliminated idolatry, 
the purity of Tawheed, the oneness of God, believing in the oneness of God, the purity of Tawheed through the ages, why the Quran is a mercy to mankind. Chapter 3 will be the portrayal of Jesus and other prophets in Scripture. It will cover concept of prophethood, lives of the prophets in the Quran and the Bible, analysis of the stories of the prophets. Chapter 4, the title, The Atonement, Relationship Between Man and God. It will cover in Islam, God is the loving, the most merciful, the theology of the cross, no blood, no forgiveness. Blood atonement compromises God's justice, love, and mercy. Does blood atonement have a foundation in the Bible? Jesus taught others to seek forgiveness. And conclusion, chapter 5, the crucifixion, indisputable, indisputable fact, or the most misunderstood event in history. Uh, this chapter will cover where the New Testament authors writing under divine inspiration, the claim that the crucifixion is foretold in the Old Testament, not divinely inspired or foretold, but eyewitnesses testimony, where the stories about Jesus passed on reliably, why the Quran has the true insight into the crucifixion. Chapter 6, the preservation of revelation. The problem transmitting ancient text, the transmission of the New Testament, theological consequences of the New Testament variants, the transmission of the Quran, why the Qur'an's preservation is a proof of its divine origin. <clears throat> Chapter 7, it will cover Paul, faithful followers of Jesus, or inventor of a new religion. Jesus practiced and preached the new. Uh, <clears throat> this chapter will cover Jesus practiced <clears throat> and preached the law <clears throat> of Moses, how Jesus' earliest followers viewed the law. Two branches of Christianity begin to emerge. The parting of the ways, putting Paul's claims of divine inspiration to the test. Was Jesus really sent to the whole world? Chapter 8, Jesus foretold of another prophet after him. The prophecy in Deuteronomy 33. Common objections to Deuteronomy answered. The prophecy in Isaiah 42. How early Muslims viewed Isaiah 42. Common objections to Isaiah answered. The problematic portrayal of Ishmael in the Bible. The great cover-up evidence of tampering in the biblical accounts of Ishmael and Isaac. The Quran gives the correct understanding of Ishmael being fair and balanced in assessing prophecies. Then there will be some final thoughts and references. <clears throat> Let's go now and start the reading. Introduction. I vividly remember explaining Islam to a Christian lady during an exhibition at a Cambridge library some years ago. Over the course of conversation, we discussed the death and resurrection of Jesus. 
After some discussion, the lady confessed to me that even though she doubted the crucifixion, she would go to her grave holding on to the belief no matter what. She explained that she was unable to abandon the belief that Jesus died for her sins because that's how she was raised and she didn't want to upset her family. She was willing to live a lie to maintain the status quo. As I've met more and more Christians over the years, I've been struck by how much of an emotional attachment they have to their belief of the incarnation and crucifixion of God. Perhaps this should be no surprise, given the emotional language that permeates the New Testament. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him shall have everlasting life. That's in John 3, verse 16. Throughout history, heroic tales of self-sacrifice have always appealed to mankind. I can understand why it is comforting to think. I can understand why it is comforting to think that God Almighty is willing to become man and suffer and die as a redeeming sacrifice for us. Although <clears throat> it's an emotional and perhaps beautiful notion, is it true? For many people, their commitment to their religion is not based on thorough research or an intellectual understanding of its teachings, but rather is based on powerful emotional and cultural influences. However, if religion is nothing more than blindly following our forefathers, then our present beliefs are arbitrary, for we did not choose which religion we were born into. Had we been born in India, for example, then with this mindset, we would be Hindu. Similarly, had we been born in communist China, we would most likely be atheist. We need to examine our beliefs with a critical eye and that of others with an open mind. We should not allow our emotions to cloud our vision and thereby blind us from the truth. No one wants to dedicate their entire lives to a particular religion only to find out when we die that we were wrong. We only get on, we only get one shot. We only get one shot. We have only been given one life. So the stakes are very high. The only way that we may find the truth about God or anything for that matter is to approach it objectively. The fact that God endowed every one of us with the ability to reason is evidence that he doesn't want us to be blind followers. We must make use of our God-given intellect in order to weigh up the evidence and reason about religion systematically and logically. Our ability to reason is what distinguishes us from animals which act purely on instinct. Only after determining what the objective truth is should we commit ourselves to it emotionally. In both Christianity and Islam, 
in both Christianity and Islam, there is the message that God wants to make himself known to us. He wants a relationship and that's why he has sent messenger and that's why he has sent messengers and revelation to mankind throughout history. The question we need to ask ourselves is, are we willing to take the time and effort to seek out God's truth? This is the key to fulfilling the purpose of our creation, which will give us inner peace in this life and success in the eternal hereafter. The pursuit of truth is a noble endeavor. However, it is an objective. The pursuit of truth is a noble endeavor. However, it is an objective. What will be our means of achieving this objective? The key to unlocking the truth lies in the person of Jesus Christ. Islam holds a unique position among the world's religions as it is the only religion other than Christianity that acknowledges Jesus as the Messiah. He is a pivotal figure in Christianity and Islam, so his life and teachings will be the focus of our study of both religions. Despite the fact that Jesus is one of the most significant personalities in the world today, with nearly 2 billion Christians and over 1.6 billion Muslims believing in him, he is also perhaps the most misunderstood and misrepresented person in history. As we are going to explore, while Christianity and Islam share much in common with regard to Jesus, they also make opposing claims. Since both religions can't be correct, how can we go about getting to the true message of Jesus? If we were living in the first century Palestine, then it would be straightforward. We could simply walk up to Jesus and ask him about his message. Since we obviously don't have that opportunity today, we have to make use of the tools that are available to us, such as scripture, history, and reason. Our quest for the truth will see us gathering key information, comparing competing claims and resolving differences. If this sounds a lot like the kind of investigative work that a detective would undertake, then you are not mistaken. Along our journey, we will see how the Quran challenges church tradition about Jesus and ultimately brings to the light as, sorry, along our journey, we will see how the Quran challenges Along our journey, we will see how the Quran challenges church tradition about Jesus and ultimately brings to light his true message that has been buried under the myth and innovation that developed in the centuries following him. We will also see why the Quran is the solution that bridges the divide that exists between Judaism and Christianity uniting all of the Abrahamic faiths. Last, but by no means least, is our sincerity. Last, but by no means least, is our sincerity. In order to have any chance of arriving at the truth, we are going to have to challenge our own beliefs 
and suspend any preconceived notions we might have about that of others. It may not be a comfortable journey, but then anything in life that is valuable is worth struggling for. Isn't paradise worth at least this much? Please note that unless stated otherwise, all verses referenced from the Bible have been taken from the New International Version. May God's peace and a blessing be upon you, and may He guide us all. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. That's the end of the introduction. We will continue in the next chapter later on. Take care, everybody. Salam. Peace.